This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by Black Belt CBD. If you're into CBD products and you like CBD products or if you just want a little pick-me-up or you want to stay not in shape, but it helps with everything. helps with anxiety, weight control, everything you can think of, no side effects. Kick those pharmaceuticals to the side. Go to blackbeltcbdproducts.com. Use promo code THEPODCAST25. You'll get 25% off. And if you're a woman that's listening to the show, go to poppyapparel.com. If you so happen to like shopping online, they have all kinds of women's apparel from top to bottom, any shape and size. And... Because you're listening today to the show, you will get 10% off with promo code THEPODCAST with capital D. They ship worldwide and free shipping with anything over $50. And obviously listen to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And I'm also a part of the Pod Bros Network. Go to podbros.com, listen to my show there, listen to a bunch of other shows. And if you shop on Amazon, click on their Amazon banner. It takes you two seconds, free of charge, helps them out, helps me out. So this, this week's guest is a writer. And a stand-up comedian who has made appearances on Canadian television on such networks as the Comedy Network, W Network, Byte TV, CBC, and MTV, to name just a few. She also has a very funny special, You Know What You Did, which you can find on most digital platforms like iTunes and Spotify. The very talented Michelle Shaughnessy. Hello, thank you for having me. Not a problem. Thank you for being here today. What's going on? Oh, not much. Just chilling with some coffee. I had a, a. I actually slept in today for the first time in a long time, so nice. it still feels like morning to me. <laughs> well, it's a pretty ugly morning here in the great city of Toronto. It's gloomy where I'm at. I'm sure it's probably yeah. the same for you. Yeah, I'm looking out in the backyard right now, and it's pouring rain. <laughs> well, it's not raining here, so at least I have that up on you. Well, maybe it's on the way there. <laughs> probably. Okay, so obviously you're a Torontonian, born and raised in Toronto. Well, I was born and raised in Peterborough, but I've okay. been in Toronto for, like, longer than I haven't been in Toronto, so I consider Toronto home. Oh, I see. Yeah, you know what? That's what I usually say, because uh, a lot of people, like, my parents uh, came from Portugal, and their whole dream was to come here, make a living, then go back home and retire. Yeah. Well, they tried that, but the problem was, they were here now longer than they were back home. Yeah. 
So when they went, went back home, it was such a culture shock, they couldn't handle it, and then they ended up coming back. I bet. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't handle having to live in Peterborough again. <laughs> Not the same thing, but... Right. Uh, well, I guess it's just a bit smaller than Toronto. Yeah. 100,000 people. Oh, <laughs> well, that's not too bad. So how long have you been doing entertainment? Oh, gosh, like almost 15 years now. Like I've been doing it. I started like when I was, yeah, I was pretty young when I started. So it's been a long time. Too long. Too long. <laughs> so what got you started? What was the whole thing that made you think that I want to do this for a living? Honestly, like, I wanted to be an actor. Um, oh, okay. And I just, I don't know. I kind of got stuck in comedy, if that makes sense. Like, sure. I, wa- I tried it. Uh, my mom wanted me to try it. She'd always been like, you're so funny, you're so funny. <laughs> so I tried it, and, like, it kind of went well. So I just right. kind of kept going with that. Um, and I think I realized fairly early on that, like, I wasn't going to be like this Nicole Kidman actress. <laughs> I should just focus on the funny stuff. And do you enjoy doing the funny stuff, or was it just something to rely on? No, I enjoy it, but it gets frustrating sometimes. Like, once you're at the point that I'm at where it's your job, right? there are times where it's less fun than it used to be, because there's gigs that, like, you have to do for the money, and they're not fun. So I always have to sometimes, like, remind myself, like, how blessed I am to be able to do this as a job. Of course. Um, And not take it for granted, and sometimes that means, like, going out, for like a week and doing like all the like open mics in Toronto that I'm not getting paid for where I can say what I want and have fun right. because when you're doing like certain corporate gigs and stuff they have a control over what you can and can't say what topics you can and can't cover mm-hmm. um, and that's how you make your money but that's where it starts to become a little less a little less fun so it becomes almost like a nine-to-fiver then <laughs> so if you weren't doing this what would be your nine-to-five speaking of nine-to-fives oh, sorry my dog just joined us I have no, no idea um <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know what I would be good at. Like, I don't think anything. Like, the job that I had when I was, like, had a job, I worked as a temp. So I worked in offices, like, different offices kind of all the time. Sure. Um, But I didn't really do anything. Like, I just kind of faked that I was working for for many years. Um, I have no idea what else I would do. So how about in school? Like, when it was, like, career day or whenever, what did you gravitate towards? What did you think you wanted to do? It was always acting. Really? Oh. No business stuff. Okay, okay. So that's always always what it was I remember in grade three we had to draw like a picture of what we wanted to be okay and I got in trouble for mine and my mom like stuck up for me because I drew I just saw I wanted to be a nun I don't know why but there was like when I was a kid I was like oh, I'm gonna be a nun no yeah. idea why I did go to Catholic school and mm-hmm. my aunt used to be a nun so maybe that was it okay but I also had just seen like who framed Roger Rabbit <laughs> oh so right a picture of me like dressed like Jessica Rabbit and oh, been like God. I'm a singer like everybody loves me but I'm also a nun right so it was like the sexy lady, but she was a singer slot, like a nightclub singer slash nun. And I like wrote that for like career day when we were like grade three mm-hmm. and the teacher was like, this is inappropriate. Like you can't, can't be like a lounge singer and a nun. But then right. my mom like went to the school and was like, if that's what she wants to be, that's what she can be. So they put my stuff up with everybody else's. Well, you have something that's not uncommon with most comedians. You have a very supportive, uh, I guess, parents that, or at least mother who, who helped you and wanted you to succeed in, in so, so business. I absolutely do. Like, I think my dad's definitely come around. Like, okay. he's super now. Right. Like, there was a few years in my 20s when he still had to give me money. <laughs> where he was like, you know, like, how long? And he, I remember him being like, so at what age are you just going to realize, hey, maybe I should get a job and stop this? Like, right. <laughs> and my mom was like, no, she's going for it. So I then he became supportive after that. But... Um, I'm very blessed that way because I do know other people's parents who weren't supportive and didn't right. want them to go into anything like 
creative or entertainment like at all. Yeah, because unfortunately the old school parents don't think that pays the bills, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, well, I was going to ask you which of the many hats you wear in entertainment you like the most. I guess it would be acting, right? Well, not necessarily. I mean, stand up. I, I'd have to. Say, it depends. It's mood dependent. That's for sure. Okay. Um, but stand up, it's definitely my familiar place. Um, it's definitely something that, like, I don't know. I think stand up is more. Yeah, I'd have to say stand up. Right now, I'd be stand up, but I do go through periods like where I wish that I was doing more of the acting or more of the writing. Um, but I think I'll, I'll no matter how, where I go in life, I think I'll always end up back at stand up. Like that's just, I'm just stuck. <laughs> I'm stuck with it and it's stuck with me. Right. So in a perfect world, how many times would you like to be performing on a regular if it was just stand up and stand up alone? Oh God, I have no idea. Like there's some weeks where I don't even want to look at a microphone. <laughs> there's other weeks where I do like, nine shows and I'm like this right. is great you know so again that's really like mood dependent and depends on the show um but yeah there are times where I do perform every night of the week and there are times where I just like I need a week off you know right. I don't, I don't want to I don't want to have to talk to strangers and make them feel good about themselves so how is it with okay well I never actually I've had a lot of comedians on and I never really asked this how is it for you guys to watch like other comedy and like try and see it through the light of like a regular civilian versus as a comedian. Like, are you guys you, able to do that? You can't like, I can't personally. Like I, <laughs> when I watch other stand up, it feels like I'm working or researching or, you know, like I, my, uh, fiance who I live with, that was one of the things he had to get used to when I mm. lived with him. Cause he'd be like, Oh, I want to watch this special. Okay. And he'd be like it relaxing. Like that's a relaxing thing for people to watch comedy and they laugh. Yeah, but course. for me, it would put me in work mode. I'd be like, fuck, like why didn't I think of that premise? Or like, exactly. Oh, that I should, you know, work on my stage presence more or wow, look at their time. Like it just puts me in work mode. Right. Not to say right. I don't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's different. It's not a relaxing thing for me. It's like, okay, I need to research or I need to see what other people are talking about. Or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and watching bad stand-up comedy is awful. <laughs> like, when you're, like, at those open mics and you're waiting to go on, like, you're just like, fuck, like... Oh, no. Is I that bad when I... You know? <laughs> Everybody has bad sets, but... Well, of course. Uh, definitely puts me in work mode, so it doesn't give me that, like, relaxing euphoria that I think it does for, like, non-comics. Okay, well, how about this? Um, if there's one thing that you could change about stand-up that you hate and totally despise, what would it be? Oh, God. <laughs> I have. I think it would be more taken seriously as like an art form. Like, oh. there's the Canadian Association of Stand-Up Comedians that was just started two years ago by okay. uh, Sandra Battaglini, another hilarious comedian, and she started it because she realized that stand-up wasn't considered an art form, and everything else is. Like, right. you can get a grant for things if you're a writer or a theater performer or like a musician. You can get grants to like help you build tours or help you produce like a big show. We don't have that. It's not considered an art form in Canada. So she's been petitioning and she went to parliament. She's been really trying to make that happen. Okay. So I think I'd want that like for us to be taken more seriously. Like we don't get treated well at a lot of stuff. Right. Um, like when I do, I remember my first acting gig that I did, I, I filmed like a TV movie and I was floored. I'm like, they picked me up. They had food for me. Like they treated me so good. And like my uh, fiance acted for a long time too. And he's like, yeah, that's, that's how it is. Right. But in comedy, a lot of times you're just shoved in a closet waiting for your set. It's like, don't touch anything. You don't get any free drinks. You don't get taken care of. Like, you're like second rate. Gotcha. Like, just think, oh, you're a clown. Like, we don't have to treat you properly, you know? So I think I just want us to be taken more seriously as, like, actual artists. 
Yeah, I don't know why that is because you guys are legit. You guys have specials. You guys are on TV. You're on radio. You're on podcasts. You're everywhere. There's form of media. Like, why not? It makes no sense to me. It's so bizarre. When, what do you think your opinion is? Like, what's your thought of it? Why do you think it's not considered in our firm? Do you know, like, what why it is or it's just some guy who doesn't want to change it or – thought about that I think people just never really took comics seriously because of what we do like I think a lot of people in this it's getting better now that there is more comedy out there there's more on Netflix there's more on TV I think it's getting better but I think for stand-up we just weren't taken seriously for a lot because people were like oh they just tell jokes like I tell jokes I could do that you know what I mean okay they don't a lot of people don't really realize how much time work and effort goes into our careers and into our act they think we just make some funny jokes and get paid for it yeah, like I, I compare comedy because I'm a big wrestling fan, and I compare comedy to almost wrestling as well because that's not really considered an art form in a lot of circles as well. Like, th- exactly. thank, thankfully now it's worldwide and it's getting its eyes. But even if you're not on a WWE level and these poor independent, I shouldn't say poor because they're making a good living, but the independent guys who are on the scene, no one considers them legit because they're not in WWE, and it's like that's not For end sure. all be all, right? And I think it goes the same thing with comedy. Well, that's true. Like, because people are always like, "Oh, do you have a Netflix special?" But I'm like, See, "No, I don't." But it's like, it's like, so they don't really like. There's so much more that goes into it than just that, you know. So I totally course. understand that. And like, there are um, a lot of there's like a comic I know who does sketch and wrestling. Okay. Um, and a lot of wrestlers are doing comedy now. <laughs> like, I've opened for Mick Foley a bunch. Oh, nice. Yeah, he was absolutely great to work with. He's definitely one of my favorite, like, bigger-name people that I've ever worked with. Very yeah. kind guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and his comedy's really good. Like, it's not... Of course he does the wrestling stories that people well, yeah. want to see. But he actually writes jokes and cares about comedy. Like, he also wants to be a good comic. Mm-hmm. So I really respect him for that, uh, rather than just a celebrity who's like, oh, I want to make extra money. I, I can do comedy, you know? Right. So what's your opinion on that? As long as they have good material and they're good at the craft, you don't care if they just came out of nowhere and they're using your celebrity name? As long as they respect it, you know? Um, Like, I think there are, I'm not going to say names, but there are some, like, C-list celebrities, I think, who their Mm. career isn't going well, and then all of a sudden they're doing stand-up. And it's frustrating to watch because they're telling the worst jokes, and people, they're sold out every time. People are going to watch them just because they're that name. Mm Mm-hmm. So that is frustrating to watch. But with someone like Mick, you could see him like writing his jokes, taking care in it, like being like, what do you think of this? Like what? And I had really big respect for that. Um, so I think there's, there's such a difference for me with somebody who actually cares and wants to be a good comic. Um, than somebody who's like, Oh, people are just going to come see me. Like I'm just doing this to make money. Yeah, no, most definitely. I think so yeah. too. Yeah, no, I, I'm the same way. Like to me, you, if you paid your dues anywhere else in life and you're good at what you're doing, who cares? Like wh- why should anyone judge if you're able to, I guess, hang with the good ones, right? Exactly. And it's not, for me, it's not even just about hanging. Like, you could be awful at it, and I still wouldn't care if you did it, as long as you just respect it. And no, it's Take not care. easy. No. Um, you know, but I think it's hard for, like, a lot of celebrities in anything they do. Like, I mm. even said, like, a celebrity can put anything on Twitter. It right. could be, like, the lamest joke in the world, and they're going to get, like, 500, like, 800 retweets, you know? Yeah. So it's the same with, like, celebrities that are starting to do stand-up. It's like, I, I will often wonder, I'm like, did they know? that they're only getting laughed because of who they are. Like, I, I wonder that sometimes. I think so. They have to know. Like, because I see that too. I'm, I'm the same way. Uh, to me, it's just about who follows you and how many people follow you. Is That's all really what people care about nowadays. It's not really the content. It's more of what you're bringing to the table, I guess, right? Yeah. It's so weird. Like, the number of followers and who you are on social media is such a big thing now. Mm-hmm. Like, even when I was looking at... Um, I was looking at like managers in the States and things like that. And like right. uh, just checking out their website, seeing what's out there. Okay. And a lot of them were like 
ask that, like, give us your social media handles when you apply, like, and so it's like that matters now. It's so weird. It does. I know. It's the world we live in nowadays. What about yeah. the weirdest thing to ever happen to you on stage? The weirdest thing to ever happen on stage? Oh my gosh, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> too many or too little? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what these are weird. Like, I mean, I've never really had anything that, well, I mean, I had... I mean, I've been threatened. Like, oh, wow. I've had guys, like, yell things at me. Um, oh, wow. I had a guy in Ajax once tell me to watch myself in the parking lot. What? And made fun of or something like that. Like, things like that happen. Um, oh, my God. I, like, yeah, I guess that's probably the weirdest thing. But I don't really consider that weird. Like, that just happens. How about hecklers? How do you deal with hecklers? You just try to be funny. Um, there's different types of hecklers. Like, there's hecklers that you know they're not trying to be mean. Right. They just want attention. Gotcha. So it's not like they're heckling mean things at you. Um, and I'm not one of those people who will fly off the handle unless they're being mean. Like if someone's like, you suck or something, then of course I'm going to rip into them and right. make fun of them. But if it's just like a girl who's like just drunk and just wants to yell out and be like, woo, like I know what you're talking <laughs> about. Then for me, I think it's best to just be kind and give her that few minutes of attention. Okay. Make it funny and then just be like, okay, I'm going to go back to my thing. We'll talk after. Like I, tr- I try to be really nice unless they're being mean. And not all comics do that. Like I'll see somebody like yell like, something out like oh, i know what you're talking about and the comic will just lose it on them for talking in the mm. first place and i just i don't want to be mean to people unless their attention is to be mean to me right no i get it well, have you ever had to have someone escorted out or kicked out because they just wouldn't shut up of course yeah okay. i did um what was the last time uh oh calgary i was in calgary a few months ago and there was a bachelorette party that was just awful um right. and i just told them to leave like this one girl was like yelling at me and i didn't know what i did like she she, everything I said, she would have, like, a snappy thing about why, like, I'll, I was telling a joke. I'm like, oh, I got fired. And she's like, of course you did. And I'm like, okay, well, what did I do to you? Like, what's wrong? Oh, my God. Yeah. And so they, she just would not stop yelling stuff at me. That was, like, derogatory. And I just told them to leave. I'm like, you know what? You guys have to go. I'm like, you're ruining everybody else's experience. Just, just get the fuck out of here. And they laughed, and they were screaming at me, and I was screaming at that. And it was awful, but, like, they had to go. It was just ruining the show for everybody else. So I understand why people are there and get drunk and act up because, you know, the alcohol takes the best of them. But again, if you act like that in public, why are you over drinking it at a club? Exactly. And the, the, the one part was like, I saw, I felt so bad. This was also in Calgary. It was two nights in a row. Mm. The first night, the guy was being mean. He just had a comment for every joke I said. Of course. And I could see like the girl next to him was really uncomfortable. And I was oh. like, is he embarrassing you? She's like, this is our first date. And I'm about to get up and walk out of this club. If he doesn't shut the fuck up. Are you kidding? And me? it ended up to be really funny buddy i'm like you're ruining your date like you're embarrassing her like just the fuck up but it's like i think he was just trying to like impress you know to be like i'm funny like like, i can do this too so i think that's what it was yeah well that's a very good first impression if you act like that on your first date i could only imagine down the line right (laughs) exactly well speaking of dating you said your fiance acts too is it easier to be with someone who acts and understands the business versus someone who isn't like do you have a preference or is it just whatever well, he does a lot of everything. Like, he's mostly a director now, but okay. he's also, he acted for, like, a really long time and um, produced and that kind of stuff. And I think I think it helps because they understand, right. you know, that sometimes, like, this has to take priority over other things. Like, I've dated guys with, like, nine to fives, and they're not always the most understanding where it's, like, nine at night, and you're like, okay, I have to go do my show. They're like, but, like, right. I don't see you all day, and now this, you know. So it definitely helps to have somebody who also has an erratic schedule. 
Right. Um, but I would never, I've dated other comics and that's awful. Like I don't, <laughs> that's just too close, you know? So I think this, this is definitely perfect for me. Like somebody who understands the ways of show business, but isn't trying to compete with being a comedian. Right. Okay. So you said earlier you moved from Peterborough to Toronto a long time ago. Now, most talented Canadians moved down to the States. Like, why are you still up here? What, like, do you like well, Canada that much? For now, but the, the plan is to get out of here. Okay. Um, <laughs> And I feel bad about that because, like, I tried to make it work here for so long. Oh, I um, see. But very few comics can. You know, like, we don't have the opportunities right? that they do there, you know? Like, I mean, Jerry D, I think, is a perfect example of someone who did it well. Mm -hmm. You know, he ended up getting a show based on his life. But when you talk about the States, you can name, like, 20 comics who have got a show based on their life. Yeah. Here, it's, like, one. So it's, it's just true. really hard to make it work here. States, like I think right. I, I'm gonna have to do that. Um, but it's so hard for us to go there. Like Americans can come here, and that's one of the things too about that the Canadian Association of Stand Up Comedians is working on. Mm. Like an American comic can just buy like a weekend visa and come here and make a bunch of money. Right. We don't have that option going there. We have to get like an O one or an actual green card to be able to like go do work there. Right. Um, right. But that is gonna be my next step, I think, because it's like. I just, yeah, I'd like to do it before I get any older and, like, try it, you know? Any city in particular? L.A., New York? Honestly, I would love to live in New York. Okay. Um, that's always been my dream. But my <laughs> my other half, <laughs> he's listening, so I gotta <laughs> give him a shout-out. Hi, babe. Um, for him, it's like he really, if we're going to go to the States, for him, L.A. is the place to go because there's okay. more, like, directing work there. There's more stuff for what he does there. Right. So right. It, it will be L.A., but... Hopefully one day I can live in New York. Mm -hmm. um, I just think I'm more of like, like I don't drive either. I've okay. never driven in my life. Right. And it's really hard to get up. Like I, in LA, I'm just going to be Ubering everywhere. Like it's not a transit city, how New York is, where I can just jump on a subway or ha hail a taxi and get anywhere I need to be. Exactly. Um, I think it's definitely, yeah, it's looking like LA is going to have to be it. Well, I understand moving to the States and all, but how, how about the support we get here? as Canadians from other fellow Canadians. Cause I find with the podcast, like my, my biggest listenership is the States and the UK, Canada's okay. third. And it's so hard to get people to support, to follow you, to do like, just to be there for you. And I'm talking about even close people, like my friends and all, like, I don't oh, know. I find something I about Canadians that are just weird that way until you blow up, then you blow up. Oh, they're your best friends. I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know how it is for like other people, but I think in comedy, and, like, the entertainment world in Canada, there's just so little opportunities that people don't want to help each other. Oh. You know? That's how I feel. Okay. Um, Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but I, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be like that in the States, too. But I think not as much because there's just so many more shows. There's so many more opportunities. But I know in Canada, like, if somebody tells me something about, how, oh, how to get your album played in the States or mm -hmm. how to do this, they'll be like, don't tell anybody else. You know, let them figure it out. Like, it's... It's very kind of like people don't like to help people here, right. what I, I find. I mean, I've had people help me and I've helped them, but there are times where you ask somebody, oh, hey, can I get this email for that producer? Can I get this? And then the person just like blows you off and goes to you, you know, where it's like for me, I would just give it like, what's the harm? Like, it's true. you know, like, but people are really kind of secretive about how they get stuff here. I know. It's so weird because what, why, why I'm bringing this up is because I see that you support a lot of other comedians on social media. Like you retweet. Yeah. Well, you don't even retweet. You take their tweet and put your own tweet on it just in case someone has their, your retweets off for some reason. And you also tell people where to find it. You tell them, oh, this album yeah. came out. Go buy this person. Help this person. So I've, that's what almost gravitated me to ask you to come on because I see, oh, she's not just another comedian. She actually cares about the craft and she supports her peers. I want to, like, I really want to, and it's like, 
I wish more of us kind of did that. And I do see that a lot in America. Mm, like when yes. I see someone's album comes out, all the other American comedians are tweeting about it, telling right. you where to get it. And there are some people that do that here, but not enough, I think. So I really want to like kind of set an example almost. Um, like I'm not the only Canadian comic that does that. There are other ones that do it, but I kind of want to, you know, and it's like sometimes they pay it back. Sometimes they don't, but right. I'm not going to judge people for that. Um, but I really, yeah, if I find somebody funny, like I don't laugh out loud a lot, um, but if I do find somebody funny and they made me laugh out loud and I want it to get out there, like, I think if more people paid attention to like the Canadians, maybe we could have somewhat of a star system in the comedy world because we don't. Um, and that to me is really sad. So it's like, you kind of got to pay it forward and hope, you know, they'll be like, oh, well, when I find something that I find funny or someone talented, I'm going to tell other people about it too. And what people don't understand is like. If you use your fan base, like I, I'm not huge, but it's like I do have an okay number of followers on Twitter and I have a ton on Instagram. Um, so for me, it's like if you, if I can make them fans of other comics, why wouldn't I do that? It doesn't mean that I'm going to lose them as a fan or they're going to follow me or they're not. Thank you. Fans of Horizons. And I think not enough people kind of do that. I think maybe they feel like, oh no, these are my fans. Like they like me. And it's like, no, if there's more of, and a lot of my followers are American. I have more American followers than I do See, Canadian. Um, right. Most of the fan mail I get is from America, from hearing me on Sirius XM. Yeah. Um, so it's like if I can get them interested in more Canadian comedians, then maybe there'll be more of an interest in us. And then maybe Canada will be like, oh, we should make more comedy shows or mm-hmm. we should give more Canadian specials. So I think it's just good for the Canadian comedy industry all around to kind of support our own and show other people who we are and who my peers are that I think are hilarious. Well, speaking of the Canadian comedy industry, a little thing happened recently with JFL and Series Radio that you were very involved with. Okay, for those who don't know, do you want to explain what this what this all was about and what happened for you to go on your Twitter rant and help out? Well, okay. I'm trying to explain it properly without offending either company because um, I'm pretty sure, sure I've done that enough. Uh, <laughs> pretty sure I won't be booking JFL anytime soon. Um, so... I guess we found out, like, we have a station in Canada called Canada Laughs. It's channel 168 on XM. Make sure you listen. Mm -hmm. And it was all Canadian content produced by us. Like, we, not necessarily produced by us because some of us have producers for our comedy albums. But we would submit our comedy album. Mm -hmm. And the guy who, the host of the station, the guy who runs it, Ben Miner, great friend, great comic, great at supporting Canadians. He would, like, put it on to Canada Laughs, right? And then... A few years after that happened, a company came around called Sound Exchange, who was a not-for-profit company, mm-hmm. who would make sure that we got our royalties for being played. So every time I get played, uh, no matter what country, anywhere, on radio, Sound Exchange gives us money. Okay. So every four months, we get a check, or every month, depending on how you choose your payout. Sure. And the checks started to be really good. Um, so a lot of us relied on those for our income. Oh, you know, um, some comics, you know, were using it to pay their rent. Other mm-hmm. comic, I know one was saying he was using it for asthma medication. There was one oh, wow. comic that was using it to help put his kids through school. Yeah. There was a comic in um, the states who was using it uh, for her breast cancer treatment. Like oh, we, shit. we, it was, it was, it was really helping us, and of it was course. the first way that we were kind of making steady money in comedy. Hmm. Um, and it really let a lot of us quit our day jobs and allowed to be comics, and of that course. reflects in our art. Our art became better because we had more time to write to prepare to not have to get up at seven in the morning and go to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just really helps the Canadian industry a lot. Then, um, I guess it kind of, they called it a leak. I don't know if I agree with that term, but I guess a comic in the States was talking to her record label and she's okay. a Canadian. Okay. And she's like, Oh, we got to send this to Canada last. And he was like, Oh, that's done. 
Like, they're not oh. accepting albums. And she was like, what are you talking about? He was like, oh, didn't you know, like, Just for Laughs is taking over the radio station. It's going to be Just for Laughs radio, and they're going to be programming. Right. So she's like, no, nobody knows that here. Like, why haven't we been told about, like, Americans now? Wow. So then she kind of told the head of the Canadian Association of Stand-Up Comedians, mm. um, who was like, okay, I got to, you know, and then it slowly kind of to trickle out. Other people heard. Um, and then we went on to the radio station and saw it's already happened. They haven't made this announcement. They haven't changed the name yet, but it's already happened. Like we were, okay. it was like Jeff Boxworthy from the nineties, like, um, just a British comedian. Like it was, it wasn't Canadian anymore. Right. It's such a small number of Canadians being played. And we were mm-hmm. like, what the hell? Like, this is our station. This is Canada Laugh. Of course. So we decided we had to do something, you know? So I contacted a bunch of other people I know who are very prolific on Twitter and who aren't afraid to like speak up for themselves, who I knew this would affect and we all a group of us were like let's start this like we got to make it public we got like that's the only way we're, we're gonna win this fight obviously um, and so we did that i'm sure as you saw on twitter you yeah. know a lot of us wrote testimonials about how it was gonna affect us mm-hmm. um we put it out there and the response was huge like i did so many media interviews i was in so many papers i did so many newscasts wow. not only that but the public like people contacted me and were like how do i fix this so i right. tell them you, you write to this company you express how you feel mm-hmm. um and it was a really big thing to us. And it wasn't just about money. It was about exposure. Because, like I said, most of the fan mail I get through my fan page and my website is people from the States who have heard me on that station. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd get messages from Ohio and Texas and, you know, Missouri. Like, just things being like, oh, I listened to you on the drive to work. Like, it made me buy your album. Or do you right. have anything that I can purchase from your website? Things like that. So it got us the exposure outside of Canada that we didn't have otherwise. Mm-hmm. So that was why it was so important to stand up for it. And... Uh, Thankfully, after about a week of that, um, just for last and serious XM did the right thing. And they said, you know, we've heard your complaints. We, yeah. we understand we didn't mean to insult comedians, whatever. Um, and they put the station back to what it was for my understanding. It is going to be still called just for last radio and they'll have right. advertisements on there, okay. but it's going to be our material and they're not going to pick. It's going to go back to like the programming the way it was before. And right. I've noticed it has like they stuck true yeah, to their word fantastic. within 48 hours of them making that announcement. We mm-hmm. were all back into rotation. Um, so I'm really happy it worked out but obviously there's also that fear of like oh god I spoke out against just for laughs like probably not gonna want to see me ever you know um but I feel like it's really important to stand up for what you believe in and if you feel like you're being mistreated you have to you have to do that and you know Um, it's so true you have to speak your mind or else then other companies and other corporations will keep doing the same and then there's going to be nothing left and is it really worth working if well again this is coming from a third party that's not involved but is it really worth giving away your whole livelihood versus just a little part of it right no it's not it's really not um there's a lot of great comedians who haven't done just for laughs who are soaring you know so it's like Um, and it makes me sad because I do like respect that festival and what it has done for people and no, most definitely. But it's, like they don't use, in my opinion, I'm getting in trouble again, but in my opinion, they don't use enough Canadians. Okay. Um, for a company that the majority of it is Canadian, mm-hmm. they don't bring in a lot of Canadians. And that makes me sad because I feel like we, if they maybe did make more of an effort to take really good comedians who just right. don't have that name and put them on those shows. And maybe, like I said, we could have somewhat of a star system mm-hmm. in stand-up comedy, how they do in America. Um, but, you know, maybe they'll rethink that one day. Who knows? But that would be my goal is for them to kind of take these comedians who are just as good as not better than some of the American opening acts that they use at the festival mm-hmm. and give us those opportunities. Then we can start to make more of a star system and make more of a name for ourselves. And then maybe one radio station wouldn't be detrimental to us if something happens to it. Of course. Um, but they don't. And I'm sure they have their reasons. And 
you know, it just, I just wish that that's something that could happen. No, I know. Now to think about it, it's true. I've been to one or two of the JFLs when they come here to Toronto. And the one I went to, I don't think there was one Canadian on the whole card. Exactly. exactly. And it's frustrating us because we see like these comics who are like two, three years in and they get to come here and Mm -hmm. do those jobs. And you're like, okay, I have like 15 years experience. Like I get more laughs than you. I get more. And it's like, we're just not given those opportunities. And I, I don't know why. Um, I don't know what it is. Um, you know, I, I've already judged them harshly enough this past month. I don't, can't really do it anymore. Um, but maybe this will be eye opening for them. Maybe this experience will make them take us a bit more seriously. Right. Right. So who knows? Fingers crossed. But I definitely like after this happened and I was one of the faces of like the argument. I like, let's be honest. I didn't email them this year and be like, Hey, do you want to showcase me? Like, do you want to see? I was like, I'm going to leave it. I'm pretty sure like, like, I'll I'll, I'll just take the, they want to contact me. Cool. But like, I'm not going to reach out after I was like, man, JFL like online for a week, you know? No, of course. I have no regrets. I'm glad I did it. Um, and like you said, it's like, and the thing is too, a lot of comics didn't speak out because they were scared. Yeah. They were scared of it. Um, and I was angry at them at the time. Mm Mm-hmm. But now I like, I can't be angry at people. Like everybody has their own reasons for doing things. And I understand you don't want to bite the hand that feeds you. You know and what? maybe I would feel differently if I was one of their comics that they use every year. Maybe I would be like, oh, I can't really, you know? Right. So I feel bad for like some of those people that I was kind of snotty to that didn't kind of step in and help us. And, you know, but just one of those situations that you know you're stronger together. Exactly. Well, because I'm the same way, like sometimes I don't shut up when I should shut up. And I'm always, I guess, fight the power, as they used to say, you know what I mean? I'm always against authority and this, this and that. And I always question everything. And I used to be like you too. I used to get angry at the people. Like, for example, I'll throw out something. Uh, I have a nine to five job, right? So when I'm at work and something happens to all of us and I'm the only one who's speaking up, then I'm looking behind and everyone's there twirling their thumbs. It's like, what the fuck? Like, don't you care about getting more out of this? And But then it's like... I understand, like, you have kids, I don't have kids, you have this, I don't have this, and then it's like, oh, you're looking up, you're older than I am, or whatnot, and if you're going to die on your sword, you got to be able to die on it alone, like, that's the whole mentality I have on and out, like, that you have no regret, and you don't have to worry, and you don't feel like you have no support, too, that's the other thing, right? That's true, and I think for me, it was like, yeah, I think I really realized after the fact, I was like, okay, these people have other things, like, they are already booked for JFL this year or they've done it four times a day. And it's like, you know, I get it. Like I, I get it. And I don't like, I, I'm trying to be like, okay, maybe I would have been like that if I was in their, in their situation. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, it is frustrating to like do all this hard work. And then, you know, they're benefiting from it too. Cause right. you can look online and be like, Oh, you just got played like four times today. Like I you know. probably weren't going to happen unless we all fought for you. Like, thanks. True. But you know, it's like you said, you can't judge people. Like everybody, there are a lot of people that in them they have in here that like don't rock the boat syndrome. Yes. And I'm, I'm just not like that. So I can't I expect everybody to be like me. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You need a little bit of everything. You need the worker bees. You need the executive bees. You need the in between. You need a little bit of all, which makes us all, I guess, be able to function together. Right. Cause if everyone was to speak up all the time, then I don't think anything would get done. Cause no one's really listening after. Right. <laughs> good point. That's a really good point too. So I, I'm glad, I'm glad the way it turned out. And I hope like, yeah, I'm glad the way it turned out, and I hope that maybe we're taken seriously as, like, actual artists and people who matter by the industry. No, of course. Well, like I mentioned, I have no kids, but so we have something in common. I don't want kids, and I never wanted kids. My wife's the same way. We've been together 18 years, no kids, yes. no thought of it. We've never said once, oh, let's try, nothing. We don't want it, don't care. No, I'm never going to do that. 
Now, my reason is because I had to take care of a lot of people growing up because within my family, there's a lot of sick people. My brother ended up having a kid at a young age, then he ended up going somewhere and all that. So I had to be her father at one point. So I've done it, been there. And plus, I hate people in general. I totally hate the way people act. And I don't want to bring something into this world as conceited as that may sound. I don't no, care. No, I feel the same way too. Like, okay. I think also, we're overpopulated as a species. That too. Uh, and it's like, I don't, I don't have this need inside me. Like, I know some women have that need. They have this, I want to, and I'm not going to judge them for that. Of course. But I don't have that. I don't have that. So why would I bring something into this world just because I feel like it's a natural progression of where things should go? Mm-hmm. Uh, this world is so fucked up. I know. I, you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if the kids being born today, like, see the end of the world. Like, honestly, oh, that would not I know. Me. Um, so I just don't, I don't want to do that. And I'm very selfish. I'll admit that I'm very selfish. Right. Um, I don't, the thought of like stopping my life I know. for something else is like, no, like I can't, I could not even imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, there's, there's no point for me. I know that I would, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> and I'm not a big fan of kids. <laughs> and not to mention the other thing, the amount of money it takes to raise a child now. That's the other thing. And it's like I grew up spoiled in the sense that like, like I didn't come from a lot of money, but right. I never went without. Sure. And if I really asked for something, I could I could find a way to get it, you right. know? Makes sense. Um, so it's like I just, I know the like needs out there. And it's like I see what these kids want these days too. Like I, I have a niece who's like eight and it's like iPads, computer games. And I'm like, what Spirit. the hell? Like, yeah. are you kidding me? Like I would have played with like a fucking $2 toy and like a cardboard box when I was that age. I know. <laughs> today are just they're becoming awful little people to be honest well it's the, the, the i call it the pussification of society that's what, what i yeah. honestly think it is where where now you went from what is it the helicopter parents to the lawnmower parents have you heard of the lawnmower parent now no what's lawnmower parent lawn okay so the helicopter parent hovers around and doesn't let anything happen right right the lawnmower parent acts acts even before something bad happens so does the child doesn't even know that anything around them is going on Oh yeah, we have that for sure. That's like, fucking I see crazy. It even in my friends with kids, like right. it's crazy. It's like when I was young, I had an overprotective mother, but it wasn't right. that bad. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm still allowed to walk to school. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm still allowed to walk home from lunch and yeah. things like that. Like, now I don't even think you're allowed to. No, no, no. You're way. not even allowed to unless you're a certain age. Or somebody has to come pick you up. Yeah. And it's like, what? And I'm trying to think. Like, are there more abductions now, or are we just telling ourselves that there is? Like, I don't understand. I don't know the statistics. Well, I don't know. Okay, for example, I don't know anyone as a kid who got abducted. I, I lived in a pretty bad neighborhood. So, yeah. you know what I mean? I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming the rest of Toronto was pretty all right. If, if, if I could survive and everyone I knew never disappeared, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. I feel like Toronto isn't as bad as small towns because, like, in Toronto, I, I see it. Like, I see kids on the subway going to school. Right, of course. Um, but there's no way in a small town, like, even back when I was a kid, like, mm. the uh, mid-80s, that, like, my parents would have let me take a bus like it had to be a school bus you know right, of course so i think in small and big in cities like toronto i think it's a bit better because that's how we live you know we right. jump on a subway we go everywhere so i do see like groups of kids on the subway yeah, every most morning, definitely. but in a small town it's like that wouldn't have happened i don't think like i don't i think right. like i know my parents personally think of toronto as like this big scary place like i think it's getting better now that they visited me more right um, but i remember being a teenager wanting to come to toronto and i'm mm-hmm. be like no you can't like you can't do that on your own, you know? Um, so I think, yeah, I think it's weird. I think the world is just, people are afraid and they're projecting that onto their children. It's so true. Like even thinking back with myself, cause I grew up around, uh, if you're familiar with downtown, Ossington and college area, that's where I grew yeah. up. And like, well, it wasn't on that square at the time. It was whatever it was, a grungy clothing store at that corner. 
But back in the day, my parents would not let me go to Yonganundas because they thought that's where all the crackheads, the hookers, the drugs are. Nothing. I could never go there as a child to the point where I would have to sneak there with my friends just yeah. to go downtown. You know what I mean? But nowadays, it's like, yeah, as long as you're in your group and you take the subway, I, I think it is safer. Even driving around myself and walking around, I think it's safer than before, honestly. I think it's safer because there's more people out. Maybe um, that's what it is. There's more people out. Like, I... This is the weird thing. When I, I moved from Toronto to Vancouver for about three years, and I moved back. Mm. And when I was in Vancouver, I didn't feel safe walking around at night because okay. there was hardly anybody out. The streets weren't as well lit. Uh. Uh, there was more, like, bushery and more, like, <laughs> things like that, more little parks. Right. And in Toronto, I feel totally safe walking home. I live mm. just off Queen West. I live uh, Trinity Ballads area. Okay. And I feel totally safe walking down Queen Street at 2 in the morning and home from the bar because there's a million other people out on the streets. Oh, see, it wasn't oh. like that before. In the 80s? <laughs> You could not walk down Queen Street at that time. No way. <laughs> you would not get home. <laughs> See, now it's like there's people everywhere. So it's like if somebody started a problem with me or tried to grab me, like there'd be a million people on That's the street. That's true. Um, so I definitely, I feel, like I said, I feel safer walking around Toronto at night than I did in Vancouver because it was more secluded. Yeah, that is true. I, I see where you're coming from because me and my wife recently went to Vancouver and it was the same thing. Like I felt sometimes when we were in a, a badly lit area with no people, I was tending to look over my shoulder more than I would. Well, again, 100%. Vancouver's not that big. For people who haven't been there, it's not that big, <laughs> honestly. Really compared to Toronto. Like, it is, I know. But I lived in Kitsilano, which was like a really, it was like a more upscale neighborhood. Okay. Um, like, well, I lived in a basement. I wasn't rich or anything. Right. <laughs> I lived in like a ghetto apartment in a nice neighborhood. Sure. Um, but a lot of the bars in my area, like in Vancouver, they don't stay open until 2 a.m. There's a handful of bars yes. that can stay open until 2 a.m. Yes. A lot of them close at 10 or midnight. Like, mm-hmm. there's different liquor license, and it's harder to get those liquor licenses. Yep. So I remember like, going out to the bars, and then by the time I got back to my neighborhood at 2 a.m., everything was shut down. Like, if I had to I run mean, into somewhere for safety, there was nowhere to run into. Right. So that's that's what I mean. Like, it, it was just so, like, the city was, like, dead by the time, like, the bars downtown that you would be at closed. So it was crazy to me that I lived in such like a well-known, busy in the daytime neighborhood. And then by like 10 p.m., 11 p.m. at night, it's like ghost town. Well, the other thing, too, that people don't realize is the homeless situation in Vancouver. That's the other thing that's pretty scary at night, right? I'd never seen anything like that before. I I remember I had to take a bus through East Vancouver once um, Mm. where a lot of them are on the street. It was so sad. Like it was like a movie. I had never, ever seen anything like that in my life. I know. we're like, are you from Toronto? I'm like, it's not like that here. Like, it's really not. Um, yeah. Like walking down Queen, you see, you see your fair share. Sure. Um, but it's not. It's like there, I don't know what it is. Like I, I felt so sorry. I'm like, this is like such an epidemic here. It's such an it epidemic. Is. It is. Um, and it, it really shocked me. I know. Like like you said, here we have the occasional panhandlers, and now the one all the time are coming off the highways. Everyone's at a corner of coming off the highway for some reason. It's like they've all realized that that's the best spot to hit. But it's not like the ones in Vancouver. The ones in Vancouver are persistent. They follow you. They walk. Because there's a big mental problem as well in Vancouver because of the the mood and the season situation there, right? So, And it's also, I don't know how to, I don't know if I'm right or wrong with this, but I feel like, yeah, a lot of the homeless people there, it's like you can see more mental, you can see more mental problems there. Yeah, of course. Um, and they just don't have adequate help mm-hmm. for all those people. And I'm sure we have people on the streets here who are mentally ill. Yeah, um, I'm sure. But I don't know how to explain it. Like, I've never had a problem with a panhandler or a homeless person on the streets of Toronto. They've right? all been fairly kind. If you just smile and say, sorry, I, I don't have anything. They've been like, thank you for saying yeah. something. That's but true. Make sure you're scared. Like, you're scared to, like, stop and give them something because there's so many of them around. Mm-hmm. And they just seem like... 
I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but I've never been like in a situation where I was scared of a panhandler or somebody who was homeless here, but I have been there, you know, because it's like, I don't want to stop. Like if I stopped even open my purse in this area, right? it's not okay. I know. Uh, and like, oh, I see the, there's ones here, like it's almost like you see the same ones in the yes. same place. And you'll, you know, you'll smile at them. Sorry, I don't have anything today. And they'll be like, thanks. Mm-hmm. Thanks for seeing something. It's like, it's much kinder. Yeah, I think so too. And I think they just want to be acknowledged, I think sometimes. Yeah. So like I, I don't like ignoring them if they say something directly to me. I mm-hmm. feel mean. Like I'd rather just be like, sorry, I don't have anything today. You know, well, of course. I'll tell you, I'd rather deal with a panhandler every, it's panhandler a proper term. Like, are, are we allowed to say that? Well, how are they going to complain? Honestly, though. <laughs> I just don't know. I don't know what you're allowed to say anymore. Um, I don't know. I'd rather be like asked for change than fucking this is going to get me in trouble because it got me in trouble when I made a tweet about it. They're being stopped by those goddamn people with binders for charity. Like, I give a lot to charity when I can. I do. I, I really do. I, I gave a lot of money this year to different right. charity. I don't mind that. Yeah. But I see, like, there's different places every day of the week, like, right outside my door, right outside okay. where I have to walk down every day. Right. And I get stopped every day. And they don't take no for an answer. I know. They're like, sorry, I can't. And then it's like they walk with you for a bit or like, oh, come on. Like, talk to talk. And I'm like, leave me alone. Like, honestly, leave me alone. And I feel bad because if I could just hand them a 20, be fine. But you can't do that. They want your credit card or banking information. It has to be a monthly thing. Right. And it's like, I'm okay this month. I don't know if I'm going to be okay next month. I can't commit to that. Um, And it just, that frustrates me. And I feel bad because I know that they have a job to do. And I know... They're just doing their job, but some of them are like I. They're way more aggressive than anybody on the right? street who's just asked me for changes. Way more aggressive. It's so true. Like just in general, they're all just even the ones who call you on the phone, and it's like now it's to the point where as soon as someone's trying to sell me, I just hang up. I don't care. If, yeah, I don't even answer my phone anymore unless <laughs> I know the number. I don't. Like, there you go. Yeah, there's too much about it, and it's like they, they come to my door now too. Yes, I know the ones I hate because I I, I live I live in a home, so they come. I get every single real estate agent who lives on my street knocking. Do you want to sell your house? Do you want to sell your house? It's like, buddy. Yeah, we live in a home too. And we get that all the time too. All the time. And it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's too much. I know. Like we have a security camera. So looking for me, I can see who's there. Ah, smart. And honestly, like if I just see somebody that I'm like, they're going to want something or they're trying to sell something or they want me to, I just don't even answer it anymore because like I, I don't have the patience for it. And I feel so bad. Because it's like you feel like you got to explain to them why you're not going to give them money. Right. I got to be like, oh, you know what? I gave like a thousand bucks to this, or I gave five hundred bucks to this. Like I'm not, I'm not selfish. Right. But I'm not give somebody my banking or credit card information who just shows up at the door. That's not going to happen. The worst is now too when you go to stores, just in general, like a convenience store. Not not a convenience store. I guess one of a chain store. Like I guess I'll, I'll name some in Toronto, like Metro or Canadian yeah. Tire stuff like that. Oh, would you like to donate to sick kids? It's like. You no, motherfuckers. I'll tell you why I won't. I do donate to sick kids. I gave them a good amount of money this year. So do I. Thank you. you. I'm not going to do it in the grocery store also because then they're the ones that get the tax receipts for that. Stuff, right? right? Um, so it's like, why Why am I helping you get this tax rate off when I could just go and donate it myself? I know. So that's, that's how I feel about that. And I used to give those two bucks or something like that every time. And then my friend said that to me. He was like, why are you help? Like, they're going to get a tax receipt for all mm-hmm. that. Um, he's like, you're not. Like, save up those two bucks and give it yourself at the end of the year. And I'm like, that's, that's actually a lot, a lot better. So I, I just do that. Yeah. Because I work, it's the same thing too. They even have to the point where they have red cross come in. I think it's red cross, but who cares? Whatever they have that they're associated with at my work, they have them come in and they could garnish wages off of you in order to give almost made her choke. I spilled coffee all over. Really? This is an actual that's thing. Crazy. 
and you could sign off like a certain percentage. And I was reading actually the form one time because it was in the coffee room. And I'm looking, I'm like, these motherfuckers actually think someone's going to give 15% every two weeks of their paycheck to the Red Cross? Like, come on, man. I know where I work. There's no millionaires there. Like, who the fuck is giving up 15% of their pay? That's crazy to me. Like, I mean, maybe there are people that do it, but like, what? it's like I said, like, what if you're okay one month and then the next month you have an emergency? Right. And you're like, shit, I just, this money just came off. Like, because mm-hmm. you never know how things are going to be. Like, you could have an emergency. You yeah. could get like a dental thing that's not covered. Or, like, that can happen. Yeah, anything. And so it's like, when you feel awful having to call and be like, um, can you please cancel my charity? Like, you know, so I just prefer to like pick a few charities and yeah. give to them like a certain time of year yeah, when I know way. I have it. That's yeah. just it. It's the same thing with me. me. Me and my wife tend to give as much as we can towards cancer because unfortunately cancer took my mom away. And I also, with the podcast, every year I try and help out with a bunch of other podcasts. We do like yeah. a live stream for the cure and we raise money within a whole weekend. And okay. I do that. That's my contribution towards giving back to society because I wanted to pick something that might affect me or has affected me because it's hard to give to something that I have no, I guess, not value towards, but no sympathy towards. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? That. Right. Yeah, I understand that. Like, I'm really big on helping animals. Like, I have two dogs go. that I've adopted. Okay. So I'm really big at like wanting to give to people who like help foster dogs and help rescue dogs because I think that's. I, I mean, in, a, in in an ideal world, until all the stray dogs had homes, we would stop buying pets. Right. Uh, but I know not everybody feels that way, so yeah. I don't want to be one of those judgy people. Yeah, yeah. But I'm really big at that. Um, and I did. I lost a friend to cancer a few years ago, so mm-hmm. I'm big at that too. And and I mean, anything to do with like sick kids and stuff like that. Yeah, of course, know, that too. But, it's like there's just so many different – and for me, it's like I'd like to give to smaller charities where you see your money in action because it's like a lot of the bigger sense. ones, a certain point goes to like administration and yep. things like that, yep. which I know they need to do. True. But uh, for me, it's like when you – like even donating food. Like I've donated dog food before, you yeah. know, like to places like that or buying actual things to take them. Oh, that I participate in all the time. I yeah. work does food drive every Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, all the holidays, and I always participate, always. Yeah, Absolutely. So stuff like that is pretty cool. But yeah, but monetarily, it's like, especially again with work, because they're going to get all the tax breaks and they're obviously in cahoots with this company because they're going to be getting a kickback if they get a certain yeah. amount of donation. It's like, nah, this is too corporate for me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I understand that for sure. Okay, so you say you take the public transit a lot. Well, okay, I did. Oh. I used to take public transit for years. I walk sure. as much as I can. Okay. If it's nice out and it's an hour walk, I'll walk the hour. I don't oh, care. Really? I okay. love to walk. I love to walk so much. Um. Now, I got really lazy with public transit when I moved in with my fiancé here because um, okay. he was very good about driving me places. Because <laughs> like I said, like we're both self-employed, so there will be like months at a time where we're just both home every day all day. Sure. Um, we're, we're working on stuff. We're writing stuff. We're doing things, but we're just around. Definitely. So I got really lazy, um, and I would just be like, can you drive me? Can you? And then eventually, you know, that wears off, and so I've started taking, making more of an effort to take the public transit again. I will not do it in rush hour. That's not going to happen. Right. Um, if it's rush hour, I'll either walk or I'll just take an Uber because I'd rather be in the back mm. of like a car on my phone than like standing in a crowded streetcar gives me anxiety. I'm the same way. I, I don't know why. Like there'll be times I'll be waiting for the streetcar and it'll drive by and there'll be so many people on. Mm-hmm. See, and I'm like, no, not happening. I'm just going to walk. Like I'll, I'll walk or I'll go somewhere for half an hour and wait till rush hour is done. Like I can't do it. I can't stand all cramps like that. Yeah, no, it's I'm the just, same way. Even when I was a child and I used to take it to high school. <laughs> 
I, like everyone would get off at the same time. So everyone would ram that bus. I would always be the one that waits for the last one or I just start walking towards the subway. Yeah. I don't care. Fuck exactly. that. There's, there's no point. And yeah. And now, like you said, there's more people in Toronto. And unfortunately, there's a lot of smelly people. There's a lot of stupid people. And all those things, I don't know, it gives me headaches, anxiety. And it's like, and you can't really say anything because you don't want to be I, mean. Like, on the streetcars too like people yes. keeping it, and it's like okay like i just i don't want to be on here like you're trapped in such a confined space what could happen you know yeah, and that too what if something goes down it's so true and you can't get out oh so many things okay so, uh have you ever left anything on public transit before like i'm I don't know, sure i have your I phone or something or a, an article of clothing i assume probably right we all have probably have i've probably definitely lost stuff but i think there's no point in trying to go to the lost and found like you're never gonna get that back and frankly i don't want to back what's been on this <laughs> like who knows what's happened to it that's um, true but too. definitely like i lose gloves i lose scarves i okay. lose hat like, i can never keep that stuff like every winter i have to get a whole new set of stuff because i don't know what happened to it but nothing that's like worthwhile or something that you're like fuck i wish i never lost that right nothing yeah. like okay well nothing big well i mean in hotels because i'm in hotels a lot okay i've had times where i've a lot of times hotels are good about sending it back. Not really. But not, I know that I left me. this necklace that my mom got me. Okay. This beautiful bald heart necklace. Right. I know where I left it. I know it was a really shitty motel thingy above a bar in Courtney, BC. Okay. I know it was there. And I called them as soon as I left. No, sorry, can't find it. And I was like, fucking know it was there. So I, I lose stuff in hotels all the time. But that's the only time that the hotel hasn't been like, we don't have it and send it back to me. Well, actually, it's been twice where we've forgotten something. I've forgotten because I bring my, I'm sorry to say, I'm, I'm a diva when I travel, so I have to bring my orthopedic pillow with me everywhere I go. I do too. I got the Tempur-Pedic. <laughs> so there you go. Okay, so you understand this. So I now I learned my lesson. Now I have a permanent one where I have at home, and I bought one to take with me. Yeah. So I don't use, so just in case I lose it like this time. So I, I forgot it. And literally, we went down to the lobby. We were waiting for, I guess, our ride to pick us up. It was maybe 15, 20 minutes, not even. My wife went and I noticed. I'm like, oh, fuck, I forgot the pillow. Go ask them if we could go grab it. She's like, oh, I'm going to go check with room service. They're, they go check. They're like, oh, no, they didn't find any pillow there. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Where the fuck did this pillow go within 15 minutes? Exactly. It, I've had that happen too. Like, ugh, it's frustrating. But most times, it's, I've, I've gotten everything back. Most of well, the times, I've gotten everything back. It's been to the point where, well, my wife forgot a, a clothing of article up north. We went uh, to do uh, snow tubing. Yeah, tubing up north. And we stayed there overnight. And she forgot her snowsuit there. They were so nice to the point where they were they were wanting to FedEx it back to us instead of us going all the way there to pick it up. Now that's customer service. That's what I had too. Like I left oh, wow. another necklace um, at I think it was a Fairmont, and they, okay. they they FedExed it to me. See, they FedExed it to me, and they said, "Give us your credit card, we'll charge you." And they just never ended up charging me because it was only like six bucks or something. Right. Um. So that that I really appreciate it. See, and because of that act, we ended up going back, and now it's a yearly thing where we go all the time. See the little things that people don't understand. Like that's what, well, the reason why I bring up this whole thing about leaving. Okay. Well, first off, the weirdest thing I've ever left on public transit was a saxophone. That's pretty strange. (laughs) Well, I was in band in high school and again, a kid, you know what I mean? But then again, we didn't have phones back then. I don't know what distracted me, probably a pretty girl or something knowing me back then, (laughs) but I just forgot it there. And then I was so nervous that I didn't even tell my, my, the, the teacher or the instructor, whatever the fuck he calls himself and conductor, that's it. And then I was like, okay, you know what? I'll just say I have it at home. I just keep forgetting to bring it in and bring it in. And then a week later, it's just magically there. And then the teacher pulls me aside and he's like, you have something to tell me? And I didn't, I, I didn't notice it there at the time, right? And I'm like, no, man, I, I told you, I forgot it. Like, I'll bring it in next week for sure. I swear to God. They're like, well, why is it here then? 
And I'm like, um, um, and he's like, don't worry about it. We know you left it on TTC. They called us. Someone picked it up and it's here. So don't worry about it. I was like, you so lesson learned. Now I never try and forget anything. Mind you, I did forget my pillow, but still, but Uber just came out with their top five most unique lost items that people have left behind. Do you want to hear what some of these are? I do. Well, because you are an animal lover, the number one most unique thing, I'll start with the best one. Well, maybe not the best one. But someone actually left their pet chihuahua in the back of an Uber and never claimed it. Oh my gosh. Unless they stole it off someone. Maybe that's what happened. They, they could have. Like, I, I've seen that a few times where, like, people tried to sell it. Like, in Vancouver, that would happen a lot. Like, uh, three different times somebody approached me trying to sell me a dog. <laughs> Are you kidding and, me? No, honestly. And I didn't have money then. Like, I was really poor. Right. But if I had, I had the two, three hundred bucks, I would have taken the dog and tried to find the owner. You know, True. and then you go on Craigslist and you see somebody stole my dog. Look for this person. You right. know, yeah, yeah. So it probably wasn't their dog, or they would have claimed it. Yeah, I think so too. Well, uh, staying with the dog thing, a black and white tuxedo for a small dog. <laughs> That's funny. This one's just weird. A full set of eighteen karat gold teeth. That's creepy. A salmon head. Ooh. A hula hoop. Okay. How do you even get that in the back of an Uber? Oh, see, this well, this makes sense because short-term memory. A medical marijuana pipe. Okay, okay. Skateboard. This is just weird. A propane tank. That's weird. A pack of hair and brown brush shaped like a foot. Creepy. <laughs> Two packs of Italian sausage. Okay. Oh, I'd be very upset with this. A Babe Ruth signed baseball. Probably was the same person who left behind his marijuana pipe. Probably. Weird. McDonald's visor and large fries. A bird. People leaving their pets. A mannequin. And one Gucci flip-flop. <laughs> okay. Okay. Not even a pair. Did you hear about the guy who left... I'm trying to find the story right now. The guy who left his weed in an Uber. Okay. Like a lot of it. Right. Um, and the Uber called him and said, oh, I have your stuff. Come meet me. And the cops were ready for him. The Uber ratted him out. Fuck off. Yeah, let me try to find the story now. I saw it like a month ago. Oh, that's not cool. Why? Okay. Here it is. Man leaves two pounds of weed in Uber. Right. A Pennsylvania man was trying to, yeah, it says he left two uh, pounds of marijuana in Uber. He contacted the Uber. Uh-huh. Um, and the Uber said, okay, come meet you. Right. Uh, but the Uber driver called the police. Oh, my God. What a rat. Yeah. What so, a rat. So Uber called the police and the, they, he got arrested. So, um, yeah. It says the Uber driver told the cops about the misplaced package. And then they contact. Oh, then the cops contacted the guy pretending to be the Uber driver and said, meet us here. Of course. And then it was cops waiting for him when he showed up. That's horrible. Why? At least just take it and smoke it yourself or give it to someone who smokes. If you don't want to, just dispose of it. Thank get you. Rid- or just or give it to the police and be like, I don't know who left this. I right. don't know where it came from. But like. That's rude. It is. And, you know, okay, not to defend. It's okay. It's weed. Yeah. Now it's okay. It's true. Like, I'm an avid weed smoker. I talk about it all the time. Now I don't care. Before, maybe not so much. But now I don't care. It's out in the open. To me, smoking a joint is like drinking a beer. Too bad. Deal with it. But, I don't do either, but I I, have no problem with weed. Like, people perfect. don't turn into assholes when they have too much weed. Like, that doesn't happen. You Thank know? you. Like, that's not a thing. But, like, there are some people that I'm like, oh, they're drinking tonight. I'm going to stay away from them. You know, right. you don't get that with marijuana. It's like, so I'd much true. rather be in a room of everybody who's smoking than, like, be at a bar with a bunch of drunk people. <laughs> no kidding. Right? Yeah. 
it, it makes sense. So yeah, whatever. But yeah, those are the most, I guess, left things on Uber and public transit. So nowhere close to what we've left behind. So I, I don't understand these people. Yeah, they, like maybe they are all high. I don't know. Well, there was a woman. I think my uh, I heard about this yesterday. A woman up the plane had to turn around because she left her baby in the airport. What? I swear to God. Let me see if I can find that. Oh my God, just when um, I don't think there's any less hope for people, it just keeps going lower and lower. I know, right? Uh, let me see if I can find that. See, but again, people judge people like us that don't want to have kids versus a person like that who's stupid and shouldn't have kids that leaves her kid behind. Exactly. Right? Man. Uh, woman forgets baby, plane diverted. Let me see where this was. I heard about this yesterday. Yeah, this was uh, the plane had to turn around after the mother forgot her baby at the airport. Um, what the fuck? This is home alone. <laughs> right? <laughs> baby a passenger left her baby in the terminal and didn't remember until the police is in the air and they had to turn back you see but again you see the pussification of society back when i was growing up that plane would not turn back you too bad you buy another ticket and head on back the kid will be there waiting for you that's so funny yeah they'd probably call the airport and be like can you make sure this baby's okay like we're not like how pissed would you be if you were the other passengers on that plane oh my god i would kill that person i'm sorry talking about speaking up I'd be saying something for sure. Fuck that. <laughs> At least compass something. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what can you do? What about fast food? You a big fast food indulger? Do you enjoy no, fast I'm food? No, I'm a vegan. No. Um, oh, vegan. Okay. Yeah. So I'm a vegan, so it's kind of hard for me to have fast food. There are times I have, like, A&W has a vegan burger now. Oh, okay. So nice. I start taking that from time to time. Okay, okay. Um, but not really. Like, I try to be really healthy with what I eat. Sure. So, and I really love cooking. So I try okay. to do a lot of that. Um, and if I if I am going to order out, it's going to be something like Indian food or like veggie sushi, that kind of stuff. Because oh, nice. I noticed, like, even when the A&W burger came out and I had it like two or three times, right. I feel like crap after. You know, it's still fast food. It's still chock full right. of sodium. So mm-hmm. you're still eating like the bun. Um, so true. I just notice now that I am a lot healthier with my diet, if I do put something bad in my system, I feel it. I right. really feel it. No, of course. I find it that way too because before, when I was younger, I had the fast metabolism. I could eat the whole menu on McDonald's and not gain one pound. I know everyone hates me for it. I'm sorry. It's my yeah. genes. Don't blame me. Blame my parents. But now that I'm getting older, I'm finding that, yes, if I eat too much fast food, now I feel it. It's like I feel sluggish. I don't want to get up in the morning. Like even the next day, I'm not even talking about the same day. Whereas to now, I'm trying to – I have this point system in my head that – I try and at least have five good days a week and have two days that I could do whatever I want. Again, because I still do have a fast metabolism. But now I find that when I do cheat on those days, I feel, again, even more sluggish. It's like, oh. So it's now, is it even worth it to cheat? I'll have cheat days, but my cheat days still look like somebody else's healthy day, you know? Right, of course. I'll buy, like, a gluten-free vegan pizza or I'll have, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Um, like rice cakes with peanut butter. And people are like, this is your cheat day, you know? <laughs> so my cheat days are a lot healthier than most people's, like, regular days, to be honest with you. Um, and I'm very big in, like, organic stuff. Like, I really like to stick to organic produce. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. And it's like after I do notice a difference and people swear that you can't, mm-hmm. but you really can. Like if you only eat organic for such a long time and then you have to eat something that's not made organically, like I can tell the difference personally. Um, yeah. Or maybe it's placebo. Maybe I can't, but I feel like I can. Um, but I just, I'm really big about that kind of stuff, um, which is why one of the reasons I don't drink anymore, because mm-hmm. I noticed every night I drank, I'd come home with junk food, you know, <sighs> I'd get fries or I'd get that A&W vegan burger. They're open 24 hours. Right. So it just made me like, and then you wake up the next morning feeling like crap. Mm-hmm. We feel like crap. You don't want to make a salad. 
you want more grease in your butt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's for me that I was like, I, <laughs> it makes me bad every single time. Yeah, no, I totally understand. Same thing. Like, I crave meat every once in a while. Like, I try, like, what me and my wife jokingly say is, like, we're, like, pescatarians now. We mostly eat fish and vegetables now. But every once in a while, we get our craving for meat. You know what I mean? We're not doing it because we're part of PETA or anything. We're just doing it for health reasons, right? Yeah. So I don't judge anyone who does it or who, who else doesn't. But then I get that craving. So we'll go have a nice steak. But then it's like oh i get the the itis kicks in and then i don't want to move and then it's like oh my god you get so tired and then you just become a sloth and it's like ah so yeah i totally understand okay what about favorite condiment what's your favorite condiment mustard me too hey look at that mustard i always have a fridge full of mustards like i'm obsessed with mustard i make salad dressing out of dijon mustard i put mustard on everything like i'm so into mustard okay i'm the same way too how about this would you be able to live off mustard for five days like just mustard? Yeah. Do you think you would no. survive? You don't think so? I could have hummus for five days, but not mustard. Yeah. Well, hummus has at least some nutrition in it. Mustard, not so much. <laughs> mustard, you got to put on something. Um, I would never just sit there and eat spoonfuls of mustard. Well, did you hear about this guy in the States that survived for five days eating? Well, yes. The Taco yes, Bell packets? The that... hot sauce or whatever. Like, yes. Him and his dog. Oh, he had a dog too. Okay. Yes. Wow. That's crazy. Can you imagine? He was stranded in his uh, car. I guess the plow came when he was starting up his car or something. And then they caved him in there. And obviously you can't hear. He can't open the doors. No reception probably. Who knows? Yeah, and that's scary. He had Taco Bell packets. And that's what he survived off with his dog. Wow. Taco Bell gave him a year of free Taco Bell because of that. Shut up. Yeah, they did. That's cool. I saw it on, on Twitter. Taco Bell said they were going to give the man a year of free Taco Bell. Okay. So, well, I shouldn't say it's worthwhile because I would never say to do oh. that ordeal. <laughs> Exactly, and also a year free talk about like that's gonna catch up to you after a while. That's true too, because I'm I'm cheap, and I know if I get something for free, I milk the fuck out of it until they tell me get the fuck out. Like you know what I mean? Oh yeah. So yeah, I could only imagine living that. But you know how stupid people are gonna be now that are actually gonna do this on purpose to see if they could get other companies to sponsor them or give them free food. What? Monkey see, monkey do. Like, um, did you hear about this new uh, Vans or Croc challenge? Apparently. What is that? I've seen Croc Challenge, like <sighs> hashtag Croc Challenge. Is it like throwing it to see if it lands or something? That's exactly what the fuck it is. This is ridiculous now. This is yeah. what society has come to where you throw a shoe to see if it lands. This is entertainment. Have you seen the cheese on the babies? I kind of like that one. I heard of it, but I didn't want to click on it because I'm not, again, I'm not a big baby fan, so. It's really funny. I think you'll like it because you're not a big baby fan. So like, what is just, it? It's kids getting hit in the face with like a craft single slice. Shut up. It's, it's, you got to Okay, it. then I'm going to watch it then. Baby's getting hit with cheese. It's, there's some people that are like, it's child abuse, it's me. And I'm like, no, it's fucking hilarious. Like, it is. And a lot of kids laugh. Um, it's really funny. Oh, then I, I got to check it out then. I never, like I said, I, I heard of it, but I didn't want it. Anything to do with like kids, I stay away from. Like the two things, like even with TV shows and everything, I hate when a sitcom or a show adds a baby to it. It fucking, yeah. oh, I'm done. Like the exception of maybe Modern Family, could get away with it because yeah. I, I love that show but other than that like speaking of modern family married with children tried to do it i fucking hated it oh, i forgot about that yeah remember when they introduced seven out of nowhere they're like hey this is your cousin he's the new kid on the show here it's like get the fuck out of here and musicals i can't stand musicals either so when i see anything with music involved and children i stay away from i don't know why that's just the two things i'm not into yeah all right so you want to uh try the dumb laws game here to end off the show all right, so in Michigan, it is illegal for someone to eat more than three sandwiches at a wake. 
In Pennsylvania, it is illegal for an unmarried couple to participate in lewd acts. Or, in New York, it is illegal to turn off one's car while waiting in drive-thru. Drive-thru one. Nope, you could do that. Is it the sandwiches? It is! You can Oh my gosh, that's so stupid! Again, dumb laws! <laughs> People try and always pick the logical one. It doesn't work all the time. So imagine you're at a week, you have more than three sandwiches, three sandwiches, someone reports you. It's probably the fucking Uber guy who reported the weed in the car. <laughs> I guess this had to start because somebody was eating all the sandwiches at a wake. Maybe people were just going to wakes that they were invited to just to get sandwiches. Wake crashers instead of wedding crashers. Exactly. That's hey. funny. All right, next set. Let's see if you could redeem yourself here. Okay. In Nebraska, it is illegal to flirt with a police officer of the same sex. In Montana, it is illegal to have a sheep in a truck without a chaperone? Or is it? In Missouri, it is illegal to serve red meat that hasn't been cooked to well done. Oh, the meat one. Because that is a thing, right? No. Uh, no, I'm going to change it. You said okay. well done. Because um, I know you can't serve, like, blue burgers in certain states. Oh, you're um, thinking the opposite. Okay, okay. I'm going to go with the sheep. You are correct. In Montana, if you have a sheep in your truck, you need to have a chaperone with it at all times. You can't leave it alone. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a lot of people were stealing it back in the day. So <laughs> Exactly. Right? All right. One in one. Let's see if you could at least go above 500 here with the last set. In Florida, it is illegal for a man to kiss his wife on the breast. In Texas, it is illegal for a doctor to ask a patient how they are doing. In Louisiana, it is illegal to spit on the floor of a church church no it's in florida a husband cannot kiss his wife's breast in florida that's ridiculous <laughs> pretty boring if you ask me <laughs> yeah can you imagine and again who's calling the cops on these people that's exactly. the thing right i don't know it is what it is <laughs> what can you do well you have anything to promote any up thing up thing no anything upcoming where people could find you any of that sort online all my stuff's there it's at michelle's funny michelle s funny michelle's funny on instagram and twitter so hit me up there i post everything about my shows where you can get my album that kind of stuff so that's the best place to find me is on twitter and instagram cool and yeah everybody can find me on instagram twitter under finger styles you can find the podcast on twitter the podcast app email me your thoughts suggestions questions anything you want to say get off your chest at the podcast app at gmail.com and obviously listen to the show on itunes stitcher tune in soundcloud spotify and go to the pod bros network listen to the show there as well and obviously support the sponsors go to blackbeltcbdproducts.com use promo code the podcast 25 and go to poppyapparel.com use promo code the podcast with a capital d all good Thank you so much. This was so much fun. No, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Hopefully you'll, you'll come back in the near future. Yeah. Maybe once you move to the States and then you can let us know how the transition went. For sure, I will. <laughs> Perfect. On that note, she's Michelle. I'm Steve. This is the podcast. Peace. Bye.